Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Tuckians? What the fuckinistas? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How is everybody doing? How are you? You all right? I, uh, let me just, you know, let's, let's do some dates first. I'm going to be at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City tomorrow and Saturday. Four shows. Come down. I'll be at the Comedy Attic in uh, Bloomington, Illinois. No, that's not where it is, dummy. Bloomington, Indiana. That's better. Uh, August 30th, 31st, and September 1st. Uh, I'll be at Acme, September 6th, 7th, and 8th, but that is sold out. Um, I'll be at the Comedy Works in Denver, September 21 and 22, four shows, and Stand Up Live in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, October 13th. Go to WTFpod.com slash tour for all that info. Uh, the, get the links to the tickities. Get the links to the tickies. That's what I'm trying to say. Today on the show, it's a very interesting show. For me, I talked to uh, Loser Twersky. He's an actor and former chassid. Uh, as a Jew, uh, I have been at different points in my life obsessively... Uh, curious about the Hasidim uh, you know for a lot of reasons I'll maybe I'll get into it a little more in a second it was in the documentary one of us you've seen him on that uh, the the uh, high maintenance on HBO he's been on that he's also in a French film called Felix and Mira but I you know we'll get to him in a minute so all right well yes it is true it is true people it is true, ladies and gentlemen. I have been added to the cast of the new Joker movie being directed by Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro, two of the greatest actors that have ever uh, graced the screen. And I know some of you, given my uh, recent discussions about the, the slow... Uh, corruption of our culture uh, and arts by the consolidation of desire around uh, the uh, limited options of big budget blockbuster movies in the form of superhero movies are probably kind of, you know, thinking, well, look at this. Yeah, big talker. Huh? Look at this guy. 
he's a hypocrite. He's this or that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. My agent's uh, trying to um, get me an audition for this film. I preceded my rants. I do not think that my uh, opinions have changed at all. I have uh, in my life, as I've mentioned before, read plenty of comic books. But the bottom line is this. I never thought that uh, my life would take me to where I am now. Uh, I didn't assume anything when I started this podcast other than I hope I can stay alive. I don't know if I can make a make a living. I don't know uh, what what you do with these podcasts, but I got to stay engaged, stay busy and try to, uh, you know, remain uh, on the on the on the right side of the grass. Uh, So. Who would have known that some of my dreams would come true if they were dreams or some of my ambitions? You know, making my own TV show, uh, developing an audience as a comedian, uh, doing the best comedy I've ever done in my life, uh, having a career in show business, period, that the podcast itself would be successful. So, given all that, certainly one of my childhood dreams, and and I, I don't like to use the word bucket list, but certainly something that I thought about in college i thought about uh you know as long as i was a fan of films was uh god if i was ever an actor wouldn't it be amazing to be in a scene with robert de niro wouldn't it be amazing to act with robert de niro look at him there in raging bull and taxi driver and the deer hunter and godfather 2 all those when i was in high school and later uh you know uh, casino and and uh, good fellow i mean look at robert de niro is the best the fucking best man how cool would it be to be in a movie with robert de niro how long have i been thinking about that most of my life so given that the time that we live in uh, does not put a lot of uh, resources into films like the deer hunter or even i would say uh raging bull or certainly not taxi driver but you know, probably not even Goodfellas, really, at this juncture in history. So uh, given that this is the timing, that this is where it's at, once given the opportunity that it was going to happen, that, like, I, you know, I got this gig and I'm going to do uh, a couple of scenes maybe uh, with uh, Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix, the next in the, le- the line, the succession of great actors, uh, <laughs> fuck yes, I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to do that. This is the movie that it's going to be in. Um, and hopefully hopefully it'll make the cut. And honestly, it's a pretty great script. So there you have it. Bucket list, dream, whatever. Whatever you may think of what I said, I'm not backing off my assertions in any way, the core argument of what I said. But uh, for those of you who got so offended by that and took it so personally and drew a line, I hope you enjoy me in the joker and if i don't make the cut karma's a bitch thank you for all you people that were congratulatory uh thank you for all you people who were uh, snotty uh, and thank you for all you people who who thought that it was somehow some giant uh, conspiracy on my part a ruse you know to either leverage a deal or to uh <laughs> To, to 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 supply a punchline today uh you give me too much credit people you give me too much credit the three of you that did that so what can i tell you about what you're about to 
take in uh, L- Loser Twersky was a guy that uh, used to show up. I saw him years ago when I did. Jeez, man. When did I? When was that? I first met him when I was doing some sort of event at the New York TV Festival for, for, the, for the pilot of Marin, my show. Wow, so that goes pretty far back. That goes back to what, 2010 or something. It was the it was the pilot we were bringing, uh, taking around to try to sell the show Marin with Ed Asner. It was a weird little t- pilot presentation, and it was at the festival. And uh, this guy shows up, this ch- Hasidic Jew, not Orthodox Hasidic. He's a Hasidic. He's got the payas, the curls on the side of his head. He's wearing the kippah. He's got the tzitzi, uh, the talis on underneath the jacket, full blown Hasidic Jew young guy very manic very intense smoking cigarettes uh, was a fan of mine that's when I first met him and then um, and then I think he I saw him at the bell house he came to a live WTF and I noticed that still Hasidic still uh, with the payas still with the kippah but wearing a, a sort of a slick suit not the standard issue black uh, so that was sort of weird. I'm like, what's up with this guy? Still smoking a lot and uh, uh, yammering on, very manic. And then I saw him again at, uh, he came to my book signing at Barnes & Noble. Apparently I said, oh, you got a haircut because he was not in the garb and he was not with the pace. So this guy extricated himself from the Hasidic community. Now, I didn't know much about that other than, you know, my own sort of weird, you know, when I'm growing up, when I was a kid, you know, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, you know, we learned about it in Hebrew school. You knew it was there. You kind of wanted to go see them. It was like a, it was almost like a, some sort of like um, human zoo of, uh, for religious fanaticism, uh, which there are many around uh, the country. But this one very specific, you know, it's like kind of. 1800s Poland looking but the the Hasidic are always in my mind when I was younger like they're the real ones they're the most committed Jews they're the ones that are holding up the end for the for the sort of middle class bougie uh, conservative Jews these guys are are doing the real they're they're doing the real work and I've written about this in Jerusalem syndrome I've performed bits about visiting the wall in Jerusalem how they're there you know sort of keeping you know, the channel's open for all of us. And I don't know if any of that's true. I had some sort of romanticized, idealistic, or, you know, I always knew they were kind of odd. And I was always taken by the fact that they, odd, even with the payas and everything else, if there's a generic sort of, if I have a sense of like, that guy looks Jewish, that guy doesn't look Jewish, outside of the getup, I thought a lot of these cats, they didn't look that Jewish. And then I started to realize, well, maybe the gene pool is getting a little tight in the Hasidic communities, which is true. But uh, but I used to see them cruising around in their station wagons uh, in New York, you know, uh, looking for hookers down on 3rd, you know, like on 27th Street. Like, you know, you start to realize and then you start to meet, you know, deal with some of them in different ways. You know, you start to get this different impression. There was some, there was kind of like a, a, a Jewish hillbilly element to them. But uh, but they were like a, you know, a, a highly religious community. It's almost a theocratic community. They are very limited in their exposure to the to the world, uh, and they're just full full on Jew all the time. Very specifically, ritualistically. So this was a fascinating conversation for me, and a very difficult 
series of events for loser you know who you know who it's been a struggle and if you've seen the doc one of us you know you know a little bit about it but you know i really got you know i i did a, i kept him around a long time and i was happy to talk to him and uh he is living in an rv uh here in los angeles he is he's he's committed to making it in show business and it's nice that he's actually developing a show uh with norman lear's company now and a, a friend of mine and friend of the show moshe kasher has been uh paired with him to to run the show i'm not sure what it's about and i don't know that we talked about it because this was a while ago so as i mentioned loser loser i think i'm pronouncing it right um let me get he's an actor he's a hasidic jew a jack hasidic jew as they say like jack mormon he's a former he's a recovering hasidic jew which is much different than a recovering Catholic. It's much different than a recovering anything because generally you are not completely insulated from the modern world. And, and that's enforced by your community in order to be in the community. So, and as I said, he's developing a, a show at Norman Lear's company. This is a, a very interesting conversation with the loser Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. You know, like I've been seeing you around for years, and you've emailed me here and there. And then, like, I watched that uh, the one of us, yeah, the documentary, and I'm like, oh, there's that guy. And then, and then, <laughs> now I know about that guy. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I've seen you in a couple of shows. Yeah. I watched your high maintenance episode, yeah, and then you were in Transparent, but you didn't yeah. play an Orthodox Hasidic. No, but no. in the in the high maintenance, you played basically basically it was a companion piece to uh, to the documentary. Yes, because in the documentary, you see me shooting the high maintenance episode. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that oh, scene that... where they show me like a, a, a shooting something. I'm shooting high maintenance. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. so so let's go let's go back then because. You know, the documentary was pretty compelling. I, I thought, I personally thought, I don't know who made it, but I personally thought that they weren't hard enough on, uh, on, the, on the elders. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that, you know, it really focused on you guys and the, 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 the difficulty and insanity of trying to extricate yourselves from, from the Hasidic community. Yeah. You know, which was pretty daunting and scary and weird and and cult like, uh, but but I I do I I thought they they really kind of it feels like there's a whole other documentary in the in the in the abuse issue. Yeah, well, they didn't want to go too hard. 
because they were trying to tell the story of the, these three people. They weren't going to right, right. You know, and also, but but they're the, but it, the onus is on them. The onus is on the elders. Yeah, but nobody nobody wanted to talk to them. They tried. Nobody wanted to talk to them. They only got this one guy. Yeah, who is and, that guy? So that guy is he's, he's he's not anybody in the community. He's just a guy. You know, he looks good on camera. He's got a big long white beard. Uh, but, but he's not he's not in the community. He's in the community, but he's not like anybody. He's just a dude. The one thing that I learned about it that that I didn't really put together was that you know the the community moved and maintained its traditional everything you know specifically uh you know as a reaction to to nazis that they were going to you know protect their way of life no matter what and and the idea of continuing to procreate at the level they procreate at was really it's really the agenda is on some level uh to 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 guarantee the survival of that particular strain of Judaism. Right, yeah, it's partially like I think the the having so many kids and like the the strictures that they that they added after the Holocaust was partially response to that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, the funny thing is like I I don't know much about like the history of like why they do things. Like people always ask me like, "Oh, why do they wear these hats?" I, I don't know. That's just what they wear. I, I used mean, to do a joke about it. Oh, about the hats? Yeah. So God could see them in crowds. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a yarmulke joke, but well, I mean, those are those are traditional hats from Poland. Yes, or, but they get yeah. modernized. They you know they change. It's like that's the other thing is like people think that it's it's very it's it's a it's monolithic and like everybody looks the well, same. We, everybody we, wears, we, say, wears the same. It's it's a little bit. It's there's slight differences. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah. they update them every few years. The, yeah, the two hat makers that make the yeah, hats. They get, yeah, they get taller. They get for, heavier. For, they get fancier. They get more expensive. They're like for, you know those yeah. fur hats. They're like five grand. And it must be like one or two companies that make them. No, there's not. There's not more than them. Oh, really? Yeah, but and now they make them in China. Oh, really? Yeah. Where were they making them before? They make them by hand in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Now they make them in China. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. so it's get. There's more casinum. There's a lot more casinum. There's like uh, I think a quarter million now in New York. Really? Yeah. All right. So, so when do you realize you're 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 a casinum? Wait, I mean, what? How do you grow up? You grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. But yes. Before Brooklyn became you know hipster, your parents were there with the in Williamsburg. Right, Borough Park. Borough Park. Yeah, with the original community. Yes, they, because when I was a kid, you know, I'm 54. You're young, but there was like this idea that you know you could go over there and look at the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, people still come and they like look at them as like you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a tourist attraction. It's sure. like, oh my god, you want to be in Brooklyn and also in the 16th century? They're great. <laughs> Is it, that far back? 16. Well, like 17th, maybe. I don't know. And what was the name of the 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 guy who? Uh, who founded the Hasidic movement? Oh, his name was the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov did it. Yeah, and then they started breaking off into smaller sects and, like, you know, implementing their own changes. So the one I grew up in was called Bells, and it's from Galicia, which doesn't exist anymore. And now it's like Ukraine or Poland uh-huh. somewhere around there. And uh, so there's several communities of Hasid throughout Eastern Europe. Yes, that broke off from the Baal Shem Tov one way or the other. Yes, I mean they were, they didn't like break off in a way right. like they, they went against them, but they right. just like you know went their own way. They're right, like, you know uh, they spread out. Yes, they spread out. Right, yeah. So my so I grew up in uh, in in Bar-a-Pa. My my dad my my dad is a rebbe Hasidic leader. He is. Yes, he's a rabbi. Yeah, he's got his own. There's a different. There's a rebbe and there's a rabbi. Oh, the yeah? rabbi is the one who does like the the like the the laws. The, yeah, you know you ask him questions about Jewish law, and the rebbe is like a spiritual leader. 
The rabbi is the one that you ask questions about Jewish law. Oh, okay. So, you like, know. if you've got a problem, I like the legal authority. So he's gonna, he's gonna, you're gonna go the rabbi if your neighbor fucked your wife, or if you get someone stole a chicken, yes. or if somebody you exactly. know, ripped you off, yes. or it's a rent issue. Yes, you go solve it. He's gonna yeah. open up the Talmud, yeah. and figure out a point of reference, exactly, and say this is how God wants you to handle yeah. this. That's a rabbi. Yes. Okay. And a rebbe is a spiritual leader. Uh huh. So, which, the, which means what? He's just a preacher. Oh, uh, he's 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 the one who's supposed to have the direct connection to God. He doesn't he doesn't have to consult the books. He just asks God. Oh, really? So, yeah. in some ways, on a mystical level, he's he's more important than the rabbi. Exactly. Yes. The rabbi's like the judge. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 rebbe is like the the guy who keeps the hustle going. Basically, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and your dad was one of those. Yes. Does he does he think of himself as a mystic? Um. I never asked him. I mean, I think uh, probably deep inside he knows he's full of shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I think so. I mean, he's a person. I mean, it's not like... Uh, I don't think he thinks he can speak... He, th- he, may, he might think that he has because he's like, a, you know, he's a descendant of Rebbe's because my whole family was Rebbe's. That's how it works. It's, uh, you know, it's the like Tversky Rebbe's? The Tversky Rebbe's. The Tversky family, they're all like uh, Rebbe's. It's, it's, like it's like a Kennedy of like the, Hasid- the Hasidim. Really? Yeah. So so let's talk about it. So you, you, you when... The thing that fascinated about the documentary, because I know so little, and I am, you know, sort of fascinated, but not educated, because I, I choose not to do that. But like, you look at my books over there, you know, I've got major trends in Jewish mysticism. <laughs> I've got quite the Hasidic tales. I've got Martin Buber. That Inner Space book is some insane mystical uh, Kabbalah book that someone gave me. Um, but like, it, it's a little dense. I like the Hasidic tales, and I like Martin Buber. Well, it's good storytelling. It's really good storytelling. Yeah. They yeah. never end great. A lot of them don't end great. They just end with like, then who knows? Well, you know, like, they end with the goyim dying. They <laughs> they all end with the the rebbe. The rebbe made a uh, created a miracle, and 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 the bad goyim died. You know, it's a uh, it's great for us. You know, it's like when you're a child. You know, it reiterates. You know that like oh we're the best. You know, yeah, we're the, the, we're the OG. You're the yeah. chosen. You yeah. know, even amongst the chosen, we are like the OG. And we're you the, talk like real. you're supposed to. You like have the like you you have the accent that people make fun of, but it's real. It, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. It's hard to figure out because it's not. It's not because of Hebrew. It's because of Yiddish. Because of Yiddish, yeah, and, and it, also because I didn't speak English. It's New York and Yiddish is what it is. Yeah, basically, it's a combination of like New York and Yiddish. But also, my mother is Israeli, so I have like a little bit of an Israeli accent. I can hear that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Your so, father married an Israeli? Yeah. So my father went to, went to yeshiva, went to study in Israel, and uh, and that's where that's where he got introduced to my mother. I mean, they had like. Like all Hasidic dates, it was you know arranged, and they had met for like an hour or something, and they got married. They lived in Israel for a year, and then my dad moved back to Brooklyn to take over his dad's uh, synagogue. Now, was your grandfather alive when you were a kid? No, none of my grandparents were alive. My mom's parents, my mom's dad died when he was forty-four. Yeah, suddenly, and then his uh, his wife, my my grandmother, died a couple of months later in a car accident. Wow. Yeah. So she lost both her parents when she was. And like what about a your dad's parents? Was he was your dad's father the Rebbe in Brooklyn in yes. Borough Park? Yeah, same house that my father lives now. Same same synagogue, same house. So how many synagogues are there in Borough Park? Oh God, there's like on my block alone, there's five. Really? And yeah. they all have different Rebbe's? They all have different Rebbe's. But is it? But are they still? Do the communities interact? The different congregations? So it depends. There's some. There's a lot of infighting. 
So like, like there's, there's the fam- there are the famous on the Chabad, right? The Lubavitch, sure, the ones sure. that stand on the street. And it's like, hey, excuse me, are you Jewish? Yeah, are you yeah, Jewish? Are you Jewish? Come do a yeah, tefillin. Exactly. Like, so right, here, Chabad, like, right here in the bathroom, we got to do tefillin? <laughs> on the street, they always, when they, when yeah. they stop me, are you Jewish? Like, no. How do yeah. they not know? The payas, they don't well, give even, it away? Even, even, even when I had payas and beard, you yeah. know, I would, I, would, I would go by and it's like, you're not going to ask me? Yeah. They don't like, want to well, ask you, they're afraid. Jewish. Yeah. But they're afraid because you Well, might... also they assume that I already put on film. They assume oh, right. I already That's did right. it. That's right. That guy know? already did it. He's, yeah. he's, he's good. You know? But there was a, uh, the rift with Chabad. Why? Because they didn't like Chab- the missionary element? No. So Chabad and Satmar. Satmar is like the biggest, like, um, uh, like really extreme Hasidic, Hasidic sect. Like they're the most Which famous. Ones? Satmar. Yeah, or they're the anti-Zionists. They're the ones who are like. Right, uh, we, we live in Palestine. The wall is, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, in Palestine, Israel's yeah, not a they state. Don't, yeah, they, like when you when you sign like uh, like the books that they print, it doesn't say printed in Israel. It says printed in E Israel, which is the Hebrew word for Eretz Yisrael. So it's like it's Eretz Yisrael. It's not Israel. Israel, the state of Israel, is something else. How are there a lot of those guys? Oh yeah, they're they're huge. Yeah. They're the ones. They're, they're based in Williamsburg. They're the ones that people, when they think of Hasidic Jews, like outside of Chabad, yeah, they're thinking about Satmar because they're the biggest, the most visible, the most, the most politically connected. Uh huh. Yeah, the most active. The thing. Oh, what I was going to say is the thing that fascinated me about the documentary was that kid, you know, the one who just like basically didn't know how to read or function. Yeah. Neither did I. Because it's so insulated? Yeah, because they don't teach you any... Eng- they teach you like very, very basic English. There's an hour of English every day, like four so, days a week. All right, so you... Okay, so when do you start... Do, when, so we, you probably... Yeah, pay us when you're a little kid, right? Because I see three the pay us kids. Yeah. And, and that's part of the rule book? Yes, when you're three years old, you get pay us. Okay, and then what's next? And then there's bar mitzvah. So 10 years, you just walk around with payas and the yep. and the talus vest without being ordained? Or, no, or, you wear like regular colorful clothes. Yeah. But you wear tzitzis, you know, the, the fringe That's thing. That's what I mean, on, tzitzis, on, yeah. yeah. On, underneath it, usually. Yeah. And then when you're bar mitzvah, you start wearing the tzitzis outside, and that's when you that's when you switch to black and white. Now, bar mitzvah... Uh, in the Hasidic community, must be like a it's a it's a big deal in middle class conservative Judaism right. for different reasons. Yeah. You don't really acknowledge, you you know, okay, I'm a man now, whatever that means. Right. I get presents, we have a party, maybe there's a theme. Yeah. You know, you get to buy a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for for you, it must have been no. It means big... that basically from now on, it means you have to fast on all the fast days. You have to keep all the rules. Yeah. It's like you have, if you have to fast on Yom Kippur, you have to fast on Tisha B'av. Like you know, you got to do all the rules. You're basically an adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start putting on film when you when you're every day film. every day yeah every day is tefillin every day it's film I don't even every. have tefillin well I just found my talus <laughs> I mean I had it it was here I'm cleaning things out but I have a nice talus well but I don't have tefillin do you I still don't have, have mine either I don't know where they, I yeah, I do have them I I think I know where they are I you, still have most of my stuff yeah I use them for like you know films and stuff you know <laughs> but do you are you a little typecast. Yeah, but you know what? Like, at least I'm working. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I mean, I would love for it to do other. I would love to do other things, but you know, this is the this is the most of the work I get is that. All right, so you bar mitzvah at 13, yeah. and then what's expected of you, given that you come from a family of 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 rebbies? Yeah, are you expected to be the rebbe? Is that no, because I have like f- four other brothers. Older? All I have uh, two older ones and two younger ones. Well, how do they designate which one? Usually the oldest one. Yeah, but uh, there's always a fight. That's why, like, the, right now there's two Satmars, there's two Babavs, there's, like, every every sect that came with one Rebbe from the Holocaust, yeah. you know, and they had a bunch of kids, and yeah. other kids are splitting off. There's, yeah. like, two visions, there's, like, two of everything now. Is that why there's so know? many synagogues? Partially, yeah. But also, like, for example, like, you'd say, like, when you say, like, I'm part of Babav, to say, which Babav? 45 or 48? 45th really? Street or 48th Street, yes. 
Oh, so everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows. Like Satmar, you Satmar Williamsburg or Satmar Curious Joe. And in, in terms of, of of being part of whichever congregation, is that is that just the the community has to decide? It breaks up the community. Who are they going to go with? Or or is it, they prefer the guys that like like because people in conservative Judaism a lot of times they change temples just because they don't like the rabbi. Is that the way it works there? Well, so I mean, it is a personal choice. I mean, people decide which rabbi they like, and yeah. that's the one they go with. But then is yeah. there friction between the two? Oh, yeah. When Satmar was splitting up, there was violence. Oh, there was fires, there was, there was, there was stonings, there were, there were burning up cars. There were, yeah, there was a lot of violence. Well, Same to with Bubba, too. To what yeah. end? To, to keep it one community? No, but basically, to, like, to kick out, like, if like, Satmar and Williamsburg, like, uh, they, w- they would want to institute some new policy. And like the guys who are splitting off wouldn't like it, you know, a fight would break out. Wow, you know, or like if one of if one of his people they're would burning show up. cars. Oh yeah. So then, how does the rabbi handle that? They, they, I, that's a lot of sit downs with the rabbi. I well, would imagine. Does is there still just one rabbi for all these communities? No. They, they, so like so the rabbis, like the ones like the, well, the judges, they also split. So some of the rabbis go with one rebbe, and some of them go with the other rebbe. It's real politics. It's real politics. Yeah, there's like, it's like if you go, if you go to like a, a Hasidic synagogue, which also, the other thing you have to understand, people think that, that uh, they don't socialize. Yeah. They do socialize. They don't have bars. They don't go to bars. They socialize in the synagogue because you pray three times a day. It seems like there's a lot of singing in the socializing and a lot of uh, arguments. Yeah, a lot of, uh, yes, yes, a lot of arguments. So like, I don't know if you know about the, you know about the mikveh? Yeah, the bath. The bath, but yeah. the men go to the bath every day. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Every day before, before morning prayers, you go to the bath. And you go in there, and it's like probably thousands of people go through it every day. It's like a schwitz or just a it's bath? Not, it's, it's a, there's showers. Some yeah. of them have a schwitz, and, yeah. but there's the big, the big pool that yeah. you go in and you immerse yourself in. So a lot of people, they just go there and they just sit like it's a hot tub, and they're just like arguing about satmar this, satmar that. They're arguing politics. Just do- dozens of men. Just dozens, dozens of, of completely naked. Men. Completely naked, naked bearded yeah. men yeah. arguing. Yeah, and there's always this one guy who like who, who like who like uh, uh, dries his 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 groin. Yeah, like he puts one foot up on the on the bench. Yeah, right. Like there's always this one guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. then there's the one like really really religious guy who like who doesn't want to look anywhere. He just he, he keeps his towel on up right yeah. right up to the bath, and then he just jumps in and jumps out and splashes everyone because he doesn't want to see anything. And he's just he's just immersing. Yeah, know? he's doing that thing. Yeah, that, doing what the is thing. the immersing? Is that a, a what's the what's the ritual mean? It, it's just cleansing yourself, basically. Uh, but is there showers yeah. involved in casino? Well, there's showers. So here's the because fu- <laughs> you know, I don't want to be weird and generalize, but I've I've been around some smelly chassids. Uh, no, a lot of them like they believe they uh, because they, because life is about life is about um, spirituality. Life is not about the body or the cleaning body your is, suit. Well, the, the body is just a vessel, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's not important. Right, uh-huh. but but that means that the, there's a lot of enjoyment. So you don't have to worry about what you eat it, as long as it's kosher. Basically, the, 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 you know, I, I imagine doctors in the Hasidic community you have to be bringing their hands all the time. Oh yeah, so well, they don't have their own doctors because they didn't go to college. But yeah. Oh, see, so that must be the one thing they don't have. They don't have doctors. They don't have. They have very very few lawyers. Really? Yeah. So like the like, whole, there's no yeshiva or Jewish university so he, for Hasids. That, that's the thing. Like people people think of Jews and they're like, oh, they're the educated ones. Hasidic Jews get zero education. There's no college. There's 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 no high school. I have no high school diploma. I I couldn't read or write when I was late eighteen. Really? Yeah. How I barely spoke English. How is that legal? It's not. But they get away with it. Why? Political power. There, there's actually an organization in Brooklyn called Yafed. They would and they're fighting against the suing the city of the state of New York to enforce the laws. They had to sue. 
the state to enforce its own laws in the schools. I, what, because they just don't want to do it because it's insulated, because they, they, they pay their rent, because they have pro- their property owners? Well, I mean, I don't know how they get away with that. Because they have a voting block. They're voting block. Their vote is a block. Oh, okay. So if the Rebbe says, like, everybody All of them, no Blasio, matter what the infighting is, that, that's something that it, transcends the infighting. It's, it, it, we can fight amongst themselves, yeah. but when it comes to what's well, good for the Hasidim, basically, then we vote yeah. for that guy. The guy has to be socially conservative and, and, fis- and fiscally liberal. Uh-huh. So- Give us all the government programs you can, but don't let the gays get married. Right. Basically. So, so you're telling me the Hasids, it's like the opposite of what everybody thinks about the Jews. They're, they're living off the welfare system. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're just- Well, not all of them, obviously. No, I yeah, know, but yeah. they're not, like, because they're not all diamond merchants and selling no, cameras. not anymore. <laughs> you know, I used to work at b actually. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I have a good picture of like me in the B&H vest with the payists and everything. B&H for the audio equipment. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. It's a massive company. Is it still there? Yeah, it's still there. It yeah. does billions of dollars a year in yeah, business. Yeah, they, uh, they sell all the mixers and yeah. things. Yeah. I still get the catalog. Yeah. I used to work there and I used to have, I used to have like uh, filmmakers come in. I had no idea who they were. I remember like I had this like one modern, uh, like more modern Orthodox Jew next to me. And he was like, you know who that was? That was Harrison Ford. I'm like, who's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Come on. What movies are you watching? Well, I wasn't watching anything at the time. They didn't let you watch movies? No, there's no movies. There's no TV. There's no newspapers. There's no radio. All right. So, okay. So, you get bar mitzvah. Now, who, yeah. now which one of your brothers is going to be Rebbe? Oh, we don't know. They're going to fight it out. How do you fight it out? I don't know. I know, I know whose side I'm on. <laughs> yo, yo, really? You picked a brother? I have a favorite brother. Yeah, you know. But but how? But oh, so it has to be. It's within the family. It's within the family. Yeah. That your dad's gonna make the call. Uh, it's probably gonna be in his will. Yeah. Oh, that's how it yeah. works. And so they it, just they don't even know what that. So they're both kissing your father's ass one way or the basically, other. Basically, yeah. They're all grabbing real estate. Yeah. Uh, you mean yeah. mental real estate? No, like r- actual real estate. What, really? Yeah. So like my father, like you know, he makes a living from uh, from uh, from the synagogue, obviously from donations. Yeah. But he also has you know a few a few buildings that uh, helps. I mean, he's got twelve kids. You know, there's twelve of you. Yeah. How how, yeah. how many girls and boys? Seven sisters. You have seven sisters. Seven sisters, four brothers. They're yeah. all, and you're the only one that's you're the only renegade. Yep. Do you talk to any of them? Some of them, yeah. There's some of them who like just completely ignore. My sister got married a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I went to the wedding, and some of them just like pretended I wasn't there. They just completely ignored me. Really? Yeah. And it's actually interesting because, like, um, I don't know if I told you this, but when you did that episode with your father, I think the 500th episode. Yeah. I was driving, and I had, I, had, I, had, I, it touched me so much. I had to pull over and cry, and I hadn't spoken to my parents at that point like for probably seven, eight years. And I decided at that moment that I'm gonna try and make it right. Yeah. I'm gonna try try to reach out to my dad and see. And we actually did reconcile. And then one of us came out and he stopped talking to me again. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So just recently. Well, he didn't see it, obviously. Yeah. You know, he hasn't seen a movie. I don't, did you throw him under the bus? No. 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 I never. I, he's a good guy. Yeah. You know. Just, you know. We just. I just wish that didn't know that you know. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Because I grew up in it, and I just wish he understood where I'm coming from, and which he might never. The, yeah. But they, did, but it's intentional. I mean, they're surrounded by modernity, and I have to uh, assume that they have cell phones. Yeah, you know, so they. I mean, they do filtered make, cell phones. Really, like China? It, the, yeah. Well, the best, the best way to understand what's going on in Borough Park and Williamsburg is think of it as North Korea. Right. Everything is censored. There's no outside influence. That's why they don't teach you English because if you can, if you can read and write English, then you might read a book, and then you might find out that, you know, there's a world out there. 
So like when I was a kid and I would, you know, I'd, I'd never seen a movie. I'd walk on the but street. But it's fucking nuts. You're in New yeah. York. You're walking around. It's Yes. I would walk down the street and I would see like, let's say maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if I walk down the street, I'd see a billboard for like say, Mission Impossible. I, it, said, it would say Mission Impossible March 4th. I yeah. would have no idea what that means. I would have no idea what that's about. To me, it's a guy with a gun. And from what I would, um, see, I would look at that and I was like, okay, I get it. Goyim have guns. Goyim are murders. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a movie. I don't know what. I don't know anything. What what is the the day to day? I mean, like wait, like like who? What are the? Because like it was always my assumption that that in the community, I see it's surprising to me that they don't have doctors, they don't have lawyers. Well, you don't you, uh, theoretically, they don't need lawyers for most of what the community needs needs to deal yeah. with. They go to the rabbi, right? Yeah. And in terms of like you know, so and everybody is important. You have bakers, you have uh, you know uh, electricians, tailors, electricians, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. But where yeah. do they get trained? Do they get trained in Hasidic uh, training? Well, no. Now you have Hasidic computer programmers. They just you know they're good improvisers. They're good survivors. They've learned how to survive. So my brother is a computer programmer. I mean, he actually works at BNH, you know, and he is really really good. He's self taught. He still works at BNH. Yeah, he's self taught. You know, but you have all you have twelve of you, and you're all living in the same house. No, 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 no. They're all most of them are married now. Right, but I mean, back in the day, yeah. Was there ever a time where you were all twelve there? Or no, there no, was such no. A... I went off. I went off to yeshiva in England uh, when I was like fourteen. Okay, so you're fourteen. So you're the son of a big rebbe, and you know you get to choose the yeshiva thing. It, there must be some class uh, uh, distinction. Yeah. So if you're like, if your father is like you're a kind of big a royal, rebbe, yeah. If your father's like a big rebbe, he has his own yeshiva, and then you go to your father's yeshiva. But my father's not that big. Oh really? So I had to go to another yeshiva. He's a minor rebbe. He's a minor rebbe. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like a B-list uh, Rebbe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and do you, you, why England? So because I, I got kicked out of every school I went to. How do you and, get kicked out of school if they're just teaching Yiddish and Jewish stuff? Well, you can still make trouble. You can still not learn even even like Torah. <laughs> if you don't like classrooms, which I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. So you're making trouble. I'm making trouble. Yeah. Like what? Well, it was one time where I was uh, I, I I was uh, so there's set there. So you have the classrooms, yeah. and then after you, they, they teach you the class, so the, after you get bar mitzvah, this is the thing, so after you get bar mitzvah, you go to yeshiva. Before yeah. that, you go to a cheder, which is like a elementary school. Yeah. You go to yeshiva, and you're there every day from 6 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Yeah. All day. You study all day. And the way it works- Torah. Torah, yes. When yeah. do you learn Yiddish? Just to, that's Yiddish just, is just the spoken language. That's what you yeah. speak in the house. Yes. Yeah. You don't study it. You just speak it. That's fascinating. Yeah. They, so everybody's still speaking Yiddish. Yes. Right? Yeah. Aren't there a couple of different strands of Yiddish? There is. Yeah. So there's like the the the, the Russian German Russian, Russian Yiddish, 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 more German, German Yiddish, Polish yeah. Yiddish. Like the Israeli Yiddish sounds a little different. You know, it has like a the R is like R. Yeah. And the the Brooklyn Yiddish, the R is more like a like a rolling R, like yeah. R. Yeah. But but, yeah. but but it's all understandable to you. It's all understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So okay. So you go to so you see at six day, six a.m. to ten p.m. Yes, all day long. You study all day long, and uh, so you go to class, and after class, everybody goes into the big sanctuary where they study together. Yeah. And. Uh, I, you know, when class was done, for example, I, I wanted, I took a couple of chairs, I laid down, and I wanted to take a nap. Yeah. And people kept coming in and turning the lights on. Yeah. So I took other off, kids. Yeah, other kids. Yeah. You know, so I took off the cover from the light switch, and I stuck my key in there and popped the fuse, and, that and was that. shut down electricity for the whole building. Yeah. 
So you, you know? can take a nap. So I can take a nap. Yeah. You know? So you're already a, a problem. I'm a problem. Independent yeah. thinker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it strikes me now, even now, with you know, sitting with you and, and your disposition and, and the fact that you know, you, you're still sort of, you, you got pay us for roles or whatever you got, yeah. it, but you still got it. I don't get the feeling that you don't believe in God. I, I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, how can I? I mean, like, there's like, it doesn't make sense to me. All right, but when you're a kid, how, like, is it just taken for granted? Because, like, you know, they, they you know, the, the, the Jewish God is, is given the books, is a fairly complex entity. Not that, to us, not to Hasidim. Well, I know, but I mean, but the, the, you got to know the books. You, you're studying all day long. I mean, you know, with, with Christians, one give or take, it's just sort of like, do you take Jesus into your heart and you're done? Right. You're done. You can live your life and go to church on Sunday and try to be a good person. And that's that. I mean, yeah. it just seems like, uh, you know, unless you, you get deep into Catholicism, yeah. that, that, you know, that, that the issues, that, that the, the religions like uh, Islam and, and, and Judaism at the level that you were practicing it is, is fairly complicated, very demanding and all consuming. Yeah, but that's the difference between Hasidic Jews and all the other Jews. Right. Hasidic Jews do not study any like theology or philosophy. We don't ask those kind of questions. We don't go into that. We just study the laws. We just study like the, the laws and the spirituality of it, like the feelings of it. And like, so all the other stuff, all the theological stuff, the philosophical stuff is taken for granted. That like, that's like set in stone. There is a God and he gave us the Torah and then he gave us the Baal Shem Tov and that's the way it is. And like that part does ne- never get, we don't even study like the, the like the, 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 the whole Bible. We only study the first five books. Hasidim right. don't even study the rest of the Bible. That's the crazy thing about Hasidim. They, they took like these spiritual ideas yeah. and turned them into dogma. That, right. that, that's what they did. That, that, that's, I think, one of their biggest problems mm-hmm. is like that a lot of what they do and what they say has no basis in Jewish law. In terms of like, you know, new people coming in outside of just people who are born into it, is, is that something you see no. often? No, very rare. Right. It's very rare. Yeah. Unless they yeah. marry into it? They wouldn't marry into it either. I don't know. Some people are fanatics of all kinds. Yeah, you know, like... I, I, I know you're not an expert, but you, you, no, it's but not the, something you saw. It was just a... You know, it's you, very rare. Everyone had, it's what very about, rare. What about inbreeding? Inbreeding, well, let me put. I'm going to try to make this as 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 uncomplicated as I can, but it's going to be hard. So my mother, uh, my mother's, my mother's parents are first cousins, right? Okay, and then my mother has uh, now she has uh, I think twelve siblings left. Uh, a lot of them died, but my mother's youngest brother married his oldest brother's daughter. So, like, in my mother's family, it, there's a ton of inbreeding. Like, yeah. cousins and first cousins and nieces and nephews and uncles. They're all in marriage. And there's an old joke they say that, like, well, yeah. if he's a good boy, why give him away to another family? <laughs> and if he's not a good boy, why should another family find out about it? So, either way, just keep him in the family, uh-huh. you know? So, that's the way it goes. Yeah, but it's not every family. So, but And they do, they do like, uh, genetic tests. So, like, when you're, like, sick, when you turn 16 or 17, there's, like, a, a nurse that comes to yeshiva and takes everyone's blood. And gets a, he gets a barcode. Everybody gets a barcode. Yeah. And it goes into a database. And then when they start doing arranged marriages, the shatran, the matchmaker, yeah. would call up and say, I have number 54333 and number blah, 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 blah. Are they a genetic match? Can they marry? Are they going to have Down syndrome kids or whatever? 
So, oh, so that's how they do it. That's how they so do it. So it's not, you don't look at the family tree anymore. No. You, you just, just look, look at the crapshoot of genetics. Basically, yeah. So they're only concerned with certain genetic matching. Like yeah. they, they know that well, this, they, this plus this equals this. Right. They, yeah. They don't, they don't want like, you know, um, uh, you know, sick kids. So they're basically saying you can be family as long as we don't get them. Exactly. As long as it doesn't, you know, as long as you have healthy kids, why not? But, uh-huh. but they, it's weird because this is sound crazy. But like I used to think that, like I'd see a lot of Hasidim, I'd say, you know, if you shave this stuff off, he doesn't look Jewish. Yeah, they're like they're like redheads and yeah, like right. blondes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was a blonde boy when I was when I was a boy. I was blonde. My mom is blonde. Hmm. Yeah, and I have blue eyes. I mean, I don't I don't look Jewish. When I like clean up and I shave, and yeah. everything people think I'm Irish. So, all right. So, you, you know, once you start having these rebellions, you're still going along with it. You still believe in God as a kid. Yeah, well, I'm 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 figuring it out. I'm I'm questioning it. I'm 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 making a lot of trouble, you know. And I, but what'd you do in England? That must have been different. So you, you go, you grow up in fucking Brooklyn, then you go to England. It feels the same to you, like the communities that as insulated. Well, so I got sent to a boarding school, a boarding yeshiva. Yeah, a boarding yeshiva right, so in England. It's right. not so it's it's an hour north of London in a little town called Hitchin. Actually, it's not in Hitchin. It's like outside of a little town called Hitchin. It's in the middle of nowhere. You're surrounded by fields. Yeah. And you never leave the premises. And it's just all pay us. All pay us, all boys. Yep, all and, boys. And the same thing, six to ten at night? Yep, all day for, for like six months. But what semester. are you, just reading Torah? Reading Torah, you're praying on, on Sabbath, you know, you're dancing, you know, you're singing, you're eating, you're smoking, eat- a lot of smoking. Yeah, they, they yeah. don't mind smoking. Well, that particular yeshiva didn't mind smoking. No, but I mean, yeah. even like in New York, I used to see these fucking costas in their station wagons cruising for hookers. Oh, yeah. All, like all the time. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but is that is is that another thing that the community is like okay with? Because I heard about like a lot of these Orthodox women, these Hasidic women, they got uh, genetic, they got uh, venereal diseases. Yeah, they get them from the hookers, from yeah. their husbands. Yeah. Well, they look the other way. The community looks the other way. Why? Especially if you're like a rich guy and like someone important, and like, yeah, you know, he gives a lot of money to the sh- to the, to the shul. He gives a lot of money to the schools. You know, like yeah, you know, so he does that. That's between him and God. Oh really? You know, yeah. Certain things are between him and God, but apparently, you know, apparently some other things like, oh no, we got to take care of it ourselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. So, so they yeah. just decide within the community. Yeah, people look the other way. So you spend the, you're you're in England for how many years? Yeah. So I so I basically I I, I get bar mitzvah. I spend a year in yeshiva in Brooklyn. Yeah. I get kicked out. I spend another year in a yeshiva in upstate New York. I get kicked out again. And then nobody wanted to take me anymore. They're like, this is a problem kid. We don't want to deal with him. So, so I guess do you have to go sit with the rabbi to discuss this? No, it was because my father is a rebbe. So like he gets, you, okay. he gets to do whatever he wants. And what you was know? he doing? Was he just being a father? Or oh, was he was he... going insane. He was losing his mind. He didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. Yeah, he never knew what to do. He was always kind of lost. I was that one kid that he just like, he had no idea what I wanted and what would the deal, what my deal was. But were there other kids like you that you connected with? I mean, at least, like, yeah. did you find any other peers who were troubled kids in this way no, in the because, community? No, because the troubled kids were like into stuff that I wasn't into. I was, I, t- to me, I, I, I still, I still, I mean, I'm 32, so I'm still trying to figure out my childhood and what it all meant. I just didn't fit in. I just didn't like any so of it. So what are the other really troubled Hasidic kids doing? Oh, they go out at night, like not like clubbing, but they, they get into trouble. They drive, they, they, they sometimes smoke weed. Yeah. Yeah. They do like, they get into like regular, regular kid trouble. Yeah. And my kind of trouble was just like bizarre. It was just like bizarre behavior. It's like, like who shuts down the electricity so he wants to take a nap? Yeah. And what happened? Like how did you that. get kicked out of the one in upstate? Um, oh, it was Purim, like the Jewish Halloween. Yeah. And, 
and we're in the middle of prayers and I think I started doing like like stupid tricks in the middle of prayers like uh what do you call these 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 uh, these these cans that spray like string oh yeah right yeah silly like in string. the middle of prayers silly string yeah. yeah silly string i did that it was just like right i did things for attention i always i mean were the you the is, young, like, are long, you the youngest no i'm number four. Oh, so as long 12. as i they gave me like uh, out of 12 yeah as, as long as they gave me a stage and they let me sing and they let me you know lead the prayers yeah. i was happy if i wasn't getting attention you know all hell broke loose <laughs> so that's right so you were a class clown you needed attention yeah yeah, for some reason, your brain, like, you know, I guess that the, the idea is that you, you set the dogma in place in such a, a, a strong way that the kid does not have the, the traditional yearnings for sort of parental attention, nurturing, right. that kind of stuff. So, like, the, 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 the religion and the community was supposed to fill that void. And yeah. It and didn't also, fill it for you. And, and also, like, my, my, it, I, it didn't let my, my, my brain expand. Yeah, you know, beyond the borders. Of, you had of, desire. I had desire. I had like I did. There's so much to do. With, I had curiosity. Yeah. Once you realized yeah. that every billboard for a movie is not just about guys with guns. Exactly. You were like, there's something else going on across yeah. the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's like old. I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we had there was one guy on our block lived right next door to us. Yeah. And uh, and at the top of the stairs, of the second floor of our house, I could look into their how into the bedroom they're watching tv and they were seeing and i couldn't see yeah. because i i got glasses late in life so yeah. for like a, well you couldn't read you couldn't speak you couldn't see <laughs> i couldn't see because I, because my parents thought i was lying when i said i couldn't see they didn't take me to the eye doctor so i could just see that's the flickering tv i couldn't see what was on it I would, and i would just stand by that window for hours and just like wonder what is happening in that house yeah you know so to me it was always just i, I have an intense curiosity yeah you know i would take things apart like toys just like to see how it works right you know i wouldn't put them back together i wouldn't figure out how it works but i took but, it apart right. you know sure. <laughs> right so yeah okay so you had this uh, this drive that it was yeah. not you know you were not spiritually satisfied and you were not uh, materialistically satisfied right. you weren't emotionally satisfied yeah so and, so after england do you graduate from yeshiva you don't graduate you get married yeah oh really yeah <laughs> that's your graduation your wedding is your graduation <laughs> So yeah, so they sent me off to this boarding school where like you, you're there for like six months out of the year and then you go home for like the, for Passover uh -huh. or like, you know, the holidays. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so over there I kind of like found my place because I was away from my parents, you know, and I, I was able to relax and I actually became a pretty good boy. I studied, you know, and I, and I, that's when I developed my performance and you know skills what'd would, you do i would sing i would uh you know just lead the prayers lead the, the oh the, yeah the, the sabbath meals you know and yeah i became a little bit of a macha and uh yeah and then i got married so you yeah. got arranged marriage i had an arranged marriage yeah they did the gene testing they did the gene testing yet yeah, compared they, barcodes you know they barcodes were passed yeah yeah we matched up and you didn't know her no no i didn't know her at all was she from brooklyn no she was from muncie she was from upstate new york Oh. Like Rockin' County. And what, how, how did that deal go down? Is that What's the deal between the dads and the Hasidic community? What, what's the dowry situation? So the way it works is there's, there's a matchmaker. They, they, go, they go to like the, I think they go to the, to, the, to the girl's parents first and they say, well, there's this boy, Luza Tversky, you know. And, uh, a little bit of a problem. Yeah, well, they didn't say that, you know. <laughs> And uh, like it's you know his, his dad his dad is the Fultachana Rebbe you know oh, yeah. great so that's family the yeah. Tversky so so they start doing some research and they say okay we're interested and then he goes to my parents says well we have you know I don't want to say her name but uh, them and uh, and are you interested and so and when both say yes both families yeah when both families say both yes fathers or mothers fathers and yeah mothers yeah both 
And uh, they start doing research. They start calling the schools. They start calling her job. And, you know. Were they doing the same thing with you? Yeah. And they still signed off on it? And they still signed off on it. Apparently, they, they weren't sure. And then what you have then is they have a meeting. So my mom goes to meet the, the woman. And um, her dad comes to meet me. And we sit down for a couple of hours. And what, we what did he do? Uh, he, was, he ran an embroidery business. For Talis? Yeah. For like Talis and like, you know, all the ornaments for the shul, for the mm. synagogue. He does, he does that. Uh-huh. So I meet her and it uh, didn't go that well. It was like an Where'd hour. Where'd you meet her? Um, at her sister's house. And she's got the wig on and everything? No, no, no. She doesn't have a wig on. No, you, no, no you, wig. You only put it on after you get married. Oh, right. You okay. So she so has you... a ponytail. You know, she's pretty and she's very shy and very quiet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I am not that. Uh, yeah, but that can work. Sometimes, but it didn't work. There was just no conversation happening. And I, I go back to my dad and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And that's also like unusual. You usually don't say no. Really? Yeah. Usually just say yes. Because like, yeah, you have to give a reason why you say no. So and like, what could be a reason? You haven't slept with her. You barely spoke to her. And it's like, how do you know what you want? You don't know what you want. So how, how are you going to say no? But in their minds, all they want are kids. They don't give a fuck, right? No. They, you just get, a, yeah. Whether you get along or not is not the issue. No. Because women are, are primarily, are, you know, I guess, silenced initially. But well, I have to assume that at some point, you, you know, like any other relationship, you know, once, you, you know, everyone has surrendered to the situation, if there's no one's fighting, I, I have to assume that some marriages within the Hasidic community are fairly dramatic. Yeah, but they, but like, like they always say like, oh, look at us, our marriages work because there's less divorce. Well, there's less divorce because people have no choice. Yeah. By the time you realize that, you, that you've fallen in with someone, you know, you're, you got five kids. What are you going to do now? Walk away? But it's that just- But are stuck. But you just- They're not happy. They're stuck. No, of course, I yeah. get that. I yeah. get that. And they, but there must be bitterness and fighting and domestic abuse. Probably. I yeah. mean, my parents, I mean, they they didn't talk much. Oh. I mean, they're both living their own lives. I mean, my mother's raising 12 children. My dad is, you know, running a synagogue. So you, you, you marry this girl. Even your father says, fuck you. I do end up marrying her. I said, I said the, I, at first I said no. And uh, and then a couple of weeks passed and my, my, my rabbi, so like the actually the dean of my yeshiva, who I was very, very close to, it's literally the only guy who I have any nice things to say about from that community. He was a really, really nice guy. I really loved Not him. Not a rabbi, a rabbi. Yeah, he's a rabbi. He was the head of the yeshiva. Okay. Yeah. A wise man. A, wi- a very wise man. Like a super, like probably one of the nicest people I ever meet. Why did life. you like him? Why did he resonate with you? Because he, because he actually cared. And did he understand your, your dilemma? Yes. Yeah, he did. He's like when I said I said, you know, I don't think I believe in God. He's like, oh, don't worry. You know, you'll you, it's 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 a teenage thing. You'll get over it. You know, but he said it with such heart. You know, I felt like it really meant it. And this is the kind of guy he would like leave his house in the morning from London with like a bag of lunch from his wife, and then he would see a homeless guy in the street. He would pull over and go out there and sit on the curb with him and show him, oh, see, this is this is the chicken. Here's the the potatoes. Yeah, and, and would just give him the silverware and everything, and just he was. I mean, he would go to his arch enemy like to to borrow money for like some other sick person. Uh-huh. He was a completely selfless person, uh-huh. like was a wonderful guy. So he found out that I had that I had what they call it's called a bisho. Like when you first meet your um, uh, the woman, it's called a bisho. That meeting's called a bisho. So he found out I had a bisho, and I said no. He calls me up. He was very sick at the time. He had cancer, and he says uh, that the listen, loser, they don't know your history yet. You know. Yeah. You got to say yes because the older you're gonna get, I was 18. <laughs> He's like the older you're gonna get, yeah. uh, people are gonna start wondering why you're not married yet. And then they're going to start digging in and they're going to find out the, all, all your history before you came to my yeshiva. And then you're never going to be able to get married. This woman wants to marry you. Just marry her. 
it's gonna be great I said yeah but I don't like the way she looks and I'm like he's like oh what the fuck forget about pretty pretty is for pictures uh, pretty is for pictures <laughs> <laughs> you know so he convinced me he said why don't you meet with her again and if it doesn't go well you can say no so I went to my dad and I said you know I'm that's what that's what the Rosh Hashiva says what the Rebbe yeah. said and uh, and uh, I'm gonna go meet her and my, my dad says no 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 if you meet her again it's a yes so I called back my rabbi and I said listen to my father I said, I said if your father says that go meet with her and if he doesn't like it I'll pay for the wedding what does that mean he said do it without your parents get married without your parents because I think you should meet with her again and you should decide yeah so did, that's another thing did it's you also, tell your dad that yeah and that's when they said, okay, you know what? Okay, we're going to meet her again. And I met her again, and we actually, you know, it was okay. It was like half an hour. Yeah. And, you know, it was a good conversation. Is everyone sitting around? Are you guys, they're no, in no, the no. other room or what? So we have our own room. They, yeah. the room. they leave the door open so nothing, you know, can happen. Uh-huh. So they can watch over us. That's God, fucking, yeah. that's crazy, dude. And, <laughs> and uh, I walked out of the room and I said, let's do it. <laughs> and that's it. Like six months later, I was married. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you didn't talk to her in that six months? No, not at all. She just came down for the wedding? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I just met her at the wedding. Yeah, and you after, break the glass, and you dance the on the glass, and then we the go chairs. into a private room, and then we go into a private room where we sit for like, uh, like I think twelve minutes is like the legal, the Jewish legal time that it takes to uh, what's what's the word copulate. Uh, you go into a room right after the no, wedding. No, 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 you don't do it, but you have to be there long enough to be able to do it. Oh, do some people do it? No, I don't think so. Not anymore. I don't, or what was I, it? No, I don't think. So. I don't think no one. I don't think anyone does it at the wedding. <laughs> okay, so you do the 12 minutes, right? Yeah. And then what, what and then we go party. Okay. Yeah. Well, you drink wine, dance. We drink wine, dance. Get yeah. on the chairs. Get on the chairs. They walk you around. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so happy. Like, everyone is happy. I'm happy. You are. Well, because I'm thinking like this is like like this this horrible childhood is finally over. Now I can now I'm on my own. Now I can fix it. Now I can fix it. Well, that, but that's interesting because like, you know, you did get yourself to the point like as as I did even, you know, when I married my first wife who was Jewish and, you know, we went through that whole thing that like, all right, well, it, I, one of the reasons I did it was because it was familiar and it was, you, you know, yeah. it was expected and uh, it, it seemed okay. And, uh, but, you know, if you still have those things in your mind or in your heart, it's not never going to be okay. So, all right. So, so now you're happy. And you go, you, you get your own place in one of yeah. your dad's buildings or what? No, no, no. So we ended up living in Muncie. My, you know, so my father doesn't have anything over in there. Mu- in upstate Muncie, New York? Muncie, upstate New York, yeah. So we got a little apartment there. And that's when I first started, like, now I have autonomy. Because before that, I was in yeshiva yeah. all the time. All right, or but, my parents' uh, house. I had no autonomy. I was able to go out. Go out where? At anywhere. I wasn't able to leave like I was on the watch. But could you read and stuff at this point? I could read a little bit. My English was a little bit better because I spent some time in England. Yeah. And uh, the, the Hasidic kids from England speak a little, a little bit better English. And uh, so that's when I got a car for the first time. Yeah. And I started, uh, you know, talking to people. I would, I, one of the first places I, would, I, was, I went was Starbucks. Yeah. Like I, just, I was just looking for places to interact with like- uh, But you're full on hat and oh, yeah. black full and on, white. Yeah. 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 And I started talking to people and I you know my English got better and I started listening to this- Rabbi who like gives lectures in English just to improve my English. A Hasidic and, rabbi? No, like uh, he wasn't Hasidic. It was like a uh, like Litvish, like a Lithuanian mm-hmm. rabbi. He's very famous, uh, Rabbi Miller. Uh-huh. He gave lectures in English, and uh, and uh, in one lecture he mentions something about like how the goyim are so stupid. They believe in evolution. They believe that everything just made itself. And I'm like, wait, wait, people, well, what is that? What yeah, is that again? Right. And I so I started researching it. 
So it's like because so, you're free to research. You got internet now. Well, I don't have internet yet. So like everything, like it, you don't it, have internet. A, no, yet. there's a process. So like first, I get the car, and then I get like a DVD player. And I in the beginning, I would watch anything. I would go to Blockbuster. I would sneak into Blockbuster. I would go to one like Ramsey, New Jersey. I'd yeah. go like far away from Muncie. And I would make sure there's no other minivans outside. Make sure like no one is uh, there's no other sneakers around. Yeah. And I would I would literally if it was rated R I would rent it. I also here's the other thing. Where were you watching them? In my car. <laughs> yeah, I had a DVD. I had a whole like hookup where it like plugs into the cigarette lighter. And the thing is like that I didn't even know you could rent movies. Yeah. I would go to Blockbuster and buy every movie I wanted to see. And at one point I had so many movies in the trunk of my car that I could not because I would hide them with a the spare tire. I could no longer close it. So I went to a truck stop, you know, and I bought like this DVD sleeves and I threw all the covers out yeah. and I just had the DVD. I still have a lot of those. Who were you hiding it from? Your wife? My wife, yeah. Yeah. And once you move in with them, are you talking more with her or do you? Well, we never really connected. We never fought. We were married for three years. We never fought, never had a single fight, but we barely, you know, we barely communicated. She was like doing her own thing and I was doing my own thing. What was she doing? Uh, she worked as like a home health aide. Uh-huh. Yeah, and were you having her. children? Yeah, we had a kid like nine months after we got married. We had uh, our first child and then a second child a year later. Uh-huh, so you started. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, that's what happens. You know, <laughs> if you do it, that's what happens. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know like condoms and like, you know, and like birth control. I was like, hey, I'm having sex for the first time. This is great, <laughs> you know? Right, so you didn't know anything about that? No, nothing. Really? I mean, I knew a little bit. Right, because I mean, in yeshiva, you know, boys. There's some boys who know more. Yeah. And they talk, but I'd like not practically. Yeah, you know. And it's also understood that you just have kids. Yeah, yeah. So you're sneaking off. You're renting DVDs, but you're not getting hookers and stuff. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that happened. Oh yeah, it ha- like there's actually like, in like uh, maybe like a year and a half into my marriage, and I started like reading more and like getting into like science. And uh, one of the only places I could go to speak to goyim where I felt free and I knew I wasn't going to be seen was a strip club. Because if there was another Hasidic Jew there who saw me, he wouldn't rat on me because he's there too. Uh-huh. So the one of the only places I could go to interact with regular people About was About science? So you... But, so like this, yeah. So like I had this stripper, this, <laughs> she was like Norwegian or something, you know, and, yeah. and she tells me uh, that, uh, that, she's, that, she's, uh, that she's an atheist and she believes in evolution. And I'm like, ooh, I got my Rabbi Miller argument. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can make you into a believer in like five minutes because I still believed at the time. I mean, I was... What was Robert, Rabbi Miller's argument against? It's the blind watchmaker. How come something? How come something as 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 a, as simple as an ashtray yeah. didn't evolve, and something as complicated as a banana or a human did evolve? Yeah, you know. So I I just lay it on her, and I'm like, "There you go. This is gonna do it." And she looks at me and she says, "You know, it's it's not the same thing." And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Because an ashtray isn't biological." Right. And I'm like whoa wow right <laughs> and like I, th- I, I told the story to, I told the story to Penn Jillette and, yeah. he, and, he, and he says like oh it's amazing how much more convincing an argument becomes with a pair of tits in your face <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I went home after that night and I was like wow after the strip club after the strip club and I was yeah. like oh my god I gotta, I gotta get to the bottom of this <laughs> yeah. and a couple of months later I was like yeah I'm done I'm done there's no god this is bullshit uh huh and that was when you were 23? I was like 22, almost 22, yeah. 22, yeah. two kids, two kids. A, a bunch of hidden DVDs in your trunk. Yep. You're sleeping with strippers. Yeah, well, yeah, well, sleeping with them, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually I did start, you know, 
seeing uh, seeing hookers because like all right well it's it's got to be more to sex than just uh but you went you went with hookers because you couldn't really find anyone else who's gonna f- fuck a chassid yeah ba- also <laughs> also i didn't know how you didn't know how to talk to girls you didn't, I didn't know, know you how had to no game well you but know. how are you gonna have game when you got pay us in a hat yeah well i i now even when i have pay us for a role i you know i can still find my way around you know well yeah well, you seemed a, a little more well adjusted yeah i'm yeah so so somewhat well, but so what does it take? So, so now that you, when you started seeing hookers or started not believing in God, I mean, how I long? I didn't think I was going to talk about hookers on the podcast. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, but like, I mean, but how long before you're like, I got to get out of this? So at a certain point, I stopped caring and I brought my computer home. I bring the DVDs home and me and my wife, we, we had an agreement. We were like, you know what? You do your thing as long as the kids don't know. As long as on Shabbos you come home, you do a meal, you pretend everything. So she's sleeping with people? No, no, oh. no, no, no. She's very religious. You know, she remarried. She has a bunch of more kids. You know, she's in. Right. So we had so an agreement. You, okay. You know, I mean, like I was doing my thing, she was doing her thing, and it was okay. Yeah. And at a certain point, she started, you know, saying like, "Okay, this is this is not going to work." You know, we got to make up our minds. You know, about what divorce? No, are you going to be religious, or you're not going to be religious? And uh, she went and told her dad, and her dad came up to me um, after prayers Friday night, and he said, uh, "Listen, I in know. Muncie, because he's Muncie. at the, you're at his temple." Yes. So he says, uh, um, "You know, I know, and uh, I need you to make me a promise that yeah. you're going to be religious." And yeah. I said, "I said, you know, I don't make promises that I can't keep." And he says, "Well, then you got to let her go." Yeah. I said, "Okay," and that was on a Friday night, and on Tuesday I was divorced. Just that quick. You got to get. I got to get. I got a legal divorce done out no money things no nothing just you're done yeah she can you can have whatever you want you know, i don't want, i don't need anything i just want out there's yeah. a whole world out there i want to see it and that was it and that was it and i lost i got fired immediately from my job i Which got like, job i was working at a liquor store at the time a Hasidic liquor yeah. store yeah and uh so because i don't because i i was open about not keeping shabbos anymore so if i touch kosher wine it becomes non-kosher Oh, and that's why you got fired? Outside the fact that everyone knew in the community yeah. that you did this Yeah, thing. but I can't work at a wine store. You know, right. I'm going to, you know. Oh, uh, you know, if you all... don't keep Shabbos at all. Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of the day of Shabbos. If you're a guy that doesn't keep Shabbos, you can't touch any booze. You can't touch any kosher wine, yeah. No shit. Yeah. You're like a... You, you you're like a goy. A goy... Like, black magic. No, well, if a goy touch... Not, uh, a goy what? cannot touch wine, kosher wine. Really? Yeah. It becomes non-kosher. Unless it's pasteurized. If it's not pasteurized, if it's like regular wine, yeah. then yeah, that's what makes wine kosher. That's, that hasn't, the only thing that makes wine kosher is that it hasn't been touched by a goy. There's no <laughs> special process to it. It just has not been touched by a goy. Uh-huh. It's but so yeah. funny because Manischewitz and like Mad Dog 2020 was such a, a popular fucking, you know, wino, alky, street-level yeah. drunk <laughs> shit. Mad Dog was like, and that's a Manischewitz product, I think. Mad yeah, but Hasidim don't drink Manischewitz. It's not kosher enough. It's not. No. Oh, okay. There's actually a lot of very, very good kosher wines. There's like really expensive kosher wines. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from Israel and from like France and yeah. There's like a lot of really nice kosher wine. I learned um, everything I know about wine. I know from working in the kosher, in the kosher wine store. Uh-huh. All right, so you get yeah. fired. You, get, you, you, you basically exiled yourself from that yeah. community. So how yeah. long before you had to pack up your shit and go? Immediately. Oh, really? Immediately. I was immediately out. Well, my wife kept the apartment. I had nowhere to live. Where'd you go? So I, I was crashing in a friend's basement for a while on like a mattress on the floor in Mancia. Another Hasidic guy? Uh, another like he was like on the fringe. You know, it was like an older single guy, which is also very unusual. Yeah. And he was living alone and uh, 
whole other crazy story that guy like his dad is like a big deal in vegas like in casino business and his dad is not religious and he became hasidic and then he became like modern orthodox and then he doesn't know who he is but he had yeah. this place in the uh-huh. in Monsi and i was crashing with him but he didn't go to your temple no oh no okay. i just knew him through friends yeah oh. all right and then what yeah and then i decide that i'm gonna and then i joined footsteps which is the organization that you see in the movie. In Brooklyn. In, in uh, Manhattan, yeah. Yeah. They're based in Manhattan. This is for Jews, uh, Hasidic Jews who want out. Yes. And they help you with like shelter and food and uh, high school diplomas, job search. They basically, oh, really? Yeah. Because you come out there and you know nothing. You know not, You don't know what a resume is because that's not how Hasidic Jews get jobs. They don't yeah. have resumes. They're like, oh, you know your uncle Favish? Oh, yeah, he's hiring. Oh, yeah. Do you want to work for him? Do you know how to use a computer? Yeah, I'll figure it out. Oh, All yeah. right, good. You're hired. <laughs> that it. is literally how it works. It's like yeah, you can it's, get you can get any job. It's like um, you know, it's they look they they think of uh, most things. They're like, if a guy can do it, I can do it. Right. The difference is a guy has to go to college to learn how to do it, and I can figure it out on my own. Oh, right. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's how it goes. So there is a sort of like uh, you, you know that that sort of judgment. You know, it's interesting because that idea of the difference between Jews and non-Jews. Is is not specific to Hasidim, and you know it, it is. It, it's sort of uh, it, that that thing is stuck, you know, through conservative Jewishness, and, and I imagine some Reform Jewishness that, that the chosen people that we're more educated that we know, you know yeah. But, well, it's uh, worse with Hasidim. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, but it, it is. It is a Jewish thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's it, it's actually it's 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 worse by Hasidim and unjustified too. <laughs> right, from what you're telling me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because they're all dummies. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is that they they're adapt. street smart. They're yeah, street I, smart. They're very street smart. They're street smart. That's why they love Trump. They, well, they're street smart in the way that, that uh, you know, the streets of uh, Borough Park. No, in general, in business too. They, yeah. they, that's why they like Trump. They don't, they don't like data and numbers and experts. Yeah. They'd go with their gut and they go, like, that's why they love him. Yeah. They're like, he's our kind of guy. <laughs> he's like, hey, fuck the establishment. I know how to do this. Yeah. So what? You're an expert, <laughs> you know? That's, that's it? That's yeah. in the Talmud? <laughs> you know, the, no, but then like the proof is in the pudding, you know? It's like, well, well he's so a billionaire, so he must know something. But, so, but that's where they, but aren't there, aren't there rules about business in the first five books? Yeah, there are, yes. And they don't have to deal with that? Well, but those only apply to Jews. Yeah. Jews dealing with Jews. So when you deal with Goyim, you don't have to follow those rules. Mm. So, like, so there's actually, the, the, the law is, the Jewish law is, that if uh, you go to a Jewish store and they give you the wrong change, you have to return it. Yeah. But if you're at a non-Jewish store and they give you the wrong change, you don't have to return it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's in the book. That's in the book. Okay. It's an actual law. Yeah. <laughs> they, say that you, they say that you should return it to give the Jews a good name. Right. But if you don't give a fuck. But if you don't give a fuck, then you don't have to return it. Yeah, we're not going to you know? hold you responsible. Yeah. That's between you and God. Yeah. And I was arguing like Noam, Noam uh, uh, Dorman from the yeah. seller. We yeah. were arguing about that. He's like, well, they say that the, the, because I said that the law, the Jewish law is that you, can, you cannot violate the Sabbath to yeah. save a non-Jew's life. Yeah. And he said that, well, that's not in the book. And I said, well, let's look it up. And we looked it up and it says, like the latest ruling on that is that, that you're not allowed to, but you should because otherwise the Goyim are going to say that the Jews are not allowed to violate the Sabbath to save a Goyim's life. Right. So it's like it's optics. So legally but you can. Op- but, it's op- it's, but it's also uh, adaptation. It's not just optics. Right. Because there's something about those kind of rules where it's sort of like, because it, it, always, always at the core of this, certainly in modern Hasidim, is that you know, 
we don't want to make trouble with the goys because they'll because we need them and they're gonna kill us right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and here i am spilling the secrets and now they know (laughs) like now they're definitely gonna kill us the ones that want to kill you know yeah they they already know (laughs) that's 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 the problem yeah what about you and your kids Ooh, yeah that's the now we're getting there (laughs) was that heartbreaking it's gotta be heartbreaking how long did you know them for well, my son was almost three. My oldest was almost three when I left. Uh-huh. So I didn't know them for that long. And they're not going to, and then they have the option, like theoretically, the, her family and her, that, you, you know, if they can keep you away permanently, they'll have no memory of you. Yeah. But they know, they know I exist because they know they have like three sets of grandparents. Right. Oh, and, so your parents are still part yeah, of their life. Yeah. They let them do that. Yeah. And also like when they get called to the Torah, when they, when he gets bar mitzvah, yeah. you know, he's going to be called the Torah they're not going to call him you know his name and his stepfather's name they're going to say my name they, they have to yeah so he's going to know he's going to know that his father's name is not so what's you know, your relationship with them I have no I have no relationship I haven't seen them since isn't that horrible yeah it's uh I think it's the I think it's best for everyone that way yeah yeah it's but you know hard to explain you know because uh, it, it would complicate things with no solution yeah exactly I th- I still because I I still think that the most important thing in life is is to be happy, you know. I think it's more important than the truth, hmm. which is weird coming from me. And I think that even though I uh, my kids are being raised in a in a in a, in a community and and in a faith that I don't believe in that I think is morally wrong. Um, I think that the you know their mother is a lovely mother and their stepfather is a lovely dad and mm-hmm. they're being raised and they're going to be happy. They're not going to have a horrible child childhood like me. And they'll be they'll grow up to be happy Hasidim maybe, and if I just come in and confuse them and you know I I don't think it does anyone any favors, right? You because know? you can't you you don't you're not taking a stand in the in in the sense that you know you, you want to out the community you came from to destroy it because you know you can't. Yeah, so, I, I I would like for it to end. Yeah, you know. But I know I can't, and I and that's not what I'm. I'm trying to do. I'm. I'm not. A, that's the other thing. Like I'm not an activist. Like there's some people who leave and they become activists. I'm not. You know, I'm in it for myself. You know, I'm. I'm building a career. You know, I'm building a life. Yeah, but de, but de, like but but see the 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 sort of premise of of responsibility and following the rules, no matter how bizarre and and limiting they are, uh, you know, give you a sense of. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess on some level, there, there must be some good chassids. Oh, there are many. There are many. Like that rabbi you knew in yeshiva that, you know, that are, are doing good in the world or yeah. at least honoring God in a way that, that isn't uh, cruel. Yeah. But did you know that every hospital in, New York, in the New York City Tristad area has a room called the, 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 the Bikah Choylem room, which means visiting the, the, the sick. Yeah. And there are buses full of volunteers that go from hospital to hospital every single day and fill those fridges with free food. Chassidim. Yes. You can go to any hospital and you will see like, you'll see some door with like Hebrew letters on it and a combination lock on it. And everybody know the people in the community know the combination lock. And if you're like a Hasidic person or a Jewish person for that matter, who is in any New York City hospital, you find the Bikah room and you can eat for free if you're visiting family. Hmm. And there are people, volunteers, mothers with big families. And this is any Jew. This is not a missionary work. No, this is just this is pure service. volunteer, pure service. And if you get, if you if you get a flat tire in Borough Park or in Williamsburg or Muncie, 
you call Chavayrem, which is an organization, all volunteers, and they will come and they will change your tire. They'll give you a boost. They'll dig you out of the snow. If you get locked out of your apartment, they have locksmiths, volunteer locksmiths. Only Jews? Only, they only come for Jews, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have Hatzalah, their own ambulance service, all volunteer, you know, less than two-minute response time. So given that, so yeah. that, so you have to acknowledge in your heart and in your mind that they're, they're, despite your problems with the insulation of the community, that that your kids, you know, have a shot at being okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I think if I came into their lives, I I, I would, I I would I would, you know, the chances. But would how? Do you, but, but how do you rationalize the selfishness of your pursuit? Yeah. Well, Harry. <laughs> I uh, I rationalize it by the fact that I di- I wasn't giving it I wasn't given a choice, uh, because the, the rules were as such. Yeah, if that I, they wouldn't if, allow you to to live in both worlds. Yeah, if I impregnated someone now, I would I would deal with it a lot differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I would take responsibility because now I know. Right. So you you, know? you were saying that on some level that you were that that your sort of you were stifled and and. And, and indoctrinated by yeah. the the confines and 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 uh, cult like nature of the community. Yeah. So h- how did it unfold with your father that you know the falling out again? He just well, he called me up and he said, "Oh, are you in this video, one of us." So my father, did, like, he obviously has never seen a movie. He doesn't like, for example, when Felix and Mira came out. Yeah, and and the uh, Canadian film Canadian about film. the Hasidim. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I was in. Yeah. It was actually Canada's entry for the foreign language Oscar that year. You know, it did really well. Yeah. And uh, I told my father, we were talking at the time, I said, I'm going, because we premiered at Toronto Film Festival, and I said, I'm going to Toronto to uh, for the premiere of the film. He's yeah. like, oh, so you're going to go and act the movie over there? I said, no, 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 no. We're going to go and play the movie. He's like, oh, you're not going to act it? No, not that. Dad, I already acted it. They're going to show a video of me. Oh, they're going to show a video? Then why do you need to be there? <laughs> No, he just doesn't understand like play, movie, really? video. He doesn't get it at all. Yeah. No kidding. He has no idea. Yeah. It would seem that he would enjoy the Yiddish show. Yeah. And my dad is very, very funny. My dad is very funny. You can't get him to come to a show? No. Even if I could, he wouldn't want to be seen. I mean, he's the Rebbe. I mean, it's like the Rebbe going to a show, a mixed mixed. But seating. that's where the fight is, though, dude. Right, to get your fucking siblings to come see, you know, something. Some, fundam- of, my sibl- some of my siblings come. I'm not going to out okay one of them but 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 yeah. but it's fundamentally jewish not to them you don't understand like i didn't know who shalom aleichem was i didn't know who isaac basheva singer was even that's the thing even secular yiddish literature has no place in that world there's only hasidic literature hmm. you know i never heard of like the borscht belt i found out about the borscht belt 10 years ago yeah i didn't know about those comedians huh i didn't so are you doing any writing a little bit yeah a little bit here and there. I'm working on. Uh, we're trying to uh, to get uh, to uh, uh, kind of like bounce off of one of us and trying to create a series based on the based on the loosely based on my life. Uh huh. On the on, on on a guy who left the community and like and trying to make it. But out it in the seems world. like that philosophically, you, you know, to to sort of bridge this gap, because like like because like your struggle ultimately. Since you can't completely extricate yourself from the from the community, you know, both as a character and as somebody who grew up in it, yeah. that you know, in in the only way that you become a real threat is, you know, it's it's like it's the struggle you had with your father in law, 
where it just becomes down. If you're not going to be religious, you got to tell me. But yeah. it, it seems to me that that there is a way to the way you become a real rebel without being an activist yeah. is to you know is to engage elements of the community in your creativity. Oh, I am, I am like like I I I meet people all the time. Like if I go to Bar Pakistan, I miss the food, and I go and get some chulant or some kugel, or mm-hmm. you know, and uh, someone would come up to me and you know and tell me that the. They saw, you know, Felix Amira, and they're really inspired. I have met people who are still in the community. Yeah, well, I, I met when I was in, the, in the, when I was uh, when Felix Amira premiered in London. I had these kids who came to the premiere, and and uh, and uh, they had no payas, no beard, and said that like watching my growth and yeah. watching me go out there, and you know, quote unquote, making it in the outside world, helped them to leave. People are leaving because of me. People are, you know, they get they get some uh, encouragement from it. Yeah, I just wonder if you could ever like if it ever becomes like. Catholicism or something where you know exceptions have to be made to where they can expand their horizons. What do you mean? That eventually, you know, that but it's so insulated and so genetically kind of like a closed system yeah. that you would think that eventually, like just to 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 integrate, but they don't want to. No, they don't want to. Mm. You know, and it's funny, like going back to what I said about all the good things they do. Yeah, you know, like yeah, also even that you have to compare it to North Korea. Yeah. He, do, he does give his people healthcare. He does give his people education. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, but the, the but the rebbies are not hanging their people uh, in front of other uh, yeah, people. Yeah, no. But they're but they're hanging children who I get who get sexually abused. Hanging know? them out to dry. You mean basically? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Did that happen to you? Yeah, I've talked about that in the past. Yeah. By who? By a private tutor. Three years from now, when I was nine until I was twelve. And did you tell your father? No. You didn't tell anybody. No. I didn't know because he was the only guy I trusted. And, and I didn't get along with my parents and he was my only friend. And that's how he took advantage of it? Yeah. And did you know other kids that were in the same situation? No, I didn't know it. And so I, I didn't find out about, uh, about that he was doing it to other kids until my parents called me and told me about it. And that's when they asked me like, oh, we know he does it to other kids. Did he do that to you? And what happened to that guy? Nothing. That's terrible. Still teaches. Heinous. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you seem okay and I'm glad the career is working out. Yeah, for now, yeah, yeah. I'm staying negative, you know. Don't. I mean, don't, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how much guilt you carry. Oh, a lot. Right. I, I, I listen. I, I, I listen to you, and like sometimes the, the, the thing that holds me together is like, I just hope it doesn't take me until I'm fifty to, to what to figure out. <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> figure what out? I don't know. Like you seem to, have, you know, figured it out. Figure, at least figured out your shit and how to deal with it and how to contain it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know? I, I mean, success helps with that a little bit. Yeah. And also, but there are some things that, you know, they're unreconcilable. And, and, I, and I think some of them, you know, seek spiritual solutions to enable you the freedom of mind and heart to at least let go of some things. And yeah. I don't necessarily engage that. And I, and I fight that myself. And you live with that. Yeah. You, you know, you, you have to compartmentalize something. But, but, you know, that's one of the reasons why people, you know, choose spirituality or have some sort of, even if it's a dogmatic system for processing shame or yeah. you know guilt or 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 righteousness you know if you're just winging it yeah it's a selfish endeavor and 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 there's still emptiness there yeah and but that's something you have to accept yeah or try to figure it out and like I, just I drive yourself that, insane i don't know what yeah. there is to figure out i, I don't know either it's it's very confusing. It's, the whole thing it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and if this were a Hasidic tale, it, it would end with. <laughs> so let, what do we do? Let's go talk to the Rebbe. <laughs> and then we had a lachaim and some cake, <laughs> and the goyim died. <laughs>
All right, buddy. Thanks, <laughs> Thank man. you. Thank you. Man, that's something else. Religion. Huh? Really, uh, I guess that the, the Hasidic community is sort of a version of extreme religious nerds. Is that possible? It's probably not. I mean, I think probably the cult model is, is more, uh, more correct. I got the Telecaster back. I strung it up. And I just tuned the guitar. Okay, so let's do this.